You're listening to KGPC 96.9 FM in Oakland and streaming 24 hours a day at kgpc969.org. This is Here is Where We Meet, a monthly sonic celebration of Lake Merritt and Oakland, California. We weave together field recordings and interviews conducted in and around the lake. So, enjoy! My name is Roy Megan. Well, I'm out here just feeling the tranquility of life and people and everything else that nature desires and bring apart. So I, 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 I don't go for the materialism things. I like my peace of mind, peace of freedom, peace of just peace, having a peace. That's what makes more peace. What makes you a, a tranquility person is when you have that piece of peace. A piece of peace is something that gives you the tranquility from the start to the beginning and it go back from front to back. You know, the tranquility. Tranquility is, 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 is a, a only freedom that you could feel. That's why I call it tranquility. It's, it's a part of you only that you could feel. You know, everybody has tranquility, but it depends on how you feel the tranquility. And for my tranquility, it's like being here with this music and, and, and just going and feeling, and feeling like I said, the tranquility is back again. <laughs> so, over and over till I die. So I thank God for everything that, you know, he gave me to that point, you know? Because it's not about what, what you have, what you got. It's about loving, you know? Love everyone. Love yourself. When you love yourself, you love everyone. And if you don't love yourself, you don't mean you don't love everyone. Because you, you call yourself loving yourself, but you don't really love yourself. You know, there's a fault, default in yourself for you to act into, into that, that part of yourself not being 
the person who you are, you know? Yeah, and I know that, you know? Because when, 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 when you are yourself, you don't have no hold back. Whether, whether, whether it be now, tomorrow, or later, you don't hold back for, for, for at all. Unless you're in a war. <laughs> you know, when you're in a war, then you gotta hold back because, Miss Freaky, come here. Yeah, you gotta hold back. Then, you know, but other than that, man, once you're going through life each and every day, you know, just, 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 just especially nowadays, it's so crazy. You know, you don't know who to trust, who to believe in, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> the best thing to do is stay on, the, stay on, the, stay on the way. You know, my dad is a musician, and I'm just a person that loves music. Period. Any kind of music. Just two days ago, someone asked me, "You like Mexican music? You like merengue? You like this? You like that?" I'm like, man, I love all music. Even if I don't understand it, and it got a beat, that's still music. So if I don't understand it and you got a beat, I'm still going to enjoy it because the beat is what makes me go enjoy it. Because even though they may say, -ni 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 -na 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 you know, you understand that shit, but the beat, you know, the beat is what gives you that, just like your heartbeat. You got to have a certain combination of beating, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. Because God gave me the brain to listen, to understand, to make much more, to enjoy more, like I'm here right now. And I like this setting. You see the setting? If you had a camera, you see this setting? This is bad setting, man. I, I, I'm talking about the, the, the covering is like a dreadlock or something. Like you're wearing a dreadlock, you just cover your whole head. And just, all you could all you out is your eyes, you know what I mean? You see? And then the, the, the way that the tree cut, the art, the art of it, everything, it's just so, so, so unique to me. You know, it's together, you call it. You know what I mean? And hey, bad. Back in the days, I used to run around here backwards and shadow boxing and thing, because I really was into performance as an athlete, you know what I mean? But I didn't take it to the stage where I should have, so, you know, I still remember around here, and I just still come and enjoy it, because this is what I know back when I was like a youngster, a young kid, man, like 23 years old and stuff, you know what I mean? It was more open with less, with less, with less, uh, uh, how you say competition? Yeah. It was quite all the time, but it was no competition. Like people trying to prove, prove more and more, and who I am, and and then that's how come. That's where the violence come from because they put themselves into a, into a, I'm better than you, or you know this is my crew and all that. It wasn't like that, like that. Everybody can have fun and enjoy and go home and go sleep. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of thought, man, because first of all, I didn't never thought Oakland would look like that with everybody homeless and stuff, man. It kind of like hurts me, myself, you know? And, and, and I'm in that, that, that kind of predicament myself, you know what I mean? You know? Because it, it, it hurts to see so many people, you know? I understand they drugs and things. Everybody make a decision on their life and their own thing, you know what I mean? But if you're not a drug person and you, you're trying to strive and make it and stuff, and you fall into the category, it's, it's, it's a trip, you know? Because it's like, wow, I didn't ever thought, you know? Yeah. But to me, the whole thing is, if you really, really got God, you don't have that part of it. Because let me tell you something. My experience is this. I have always said, 
Listen, a lot of people go to church every Sunday, all kind of church, whatever. And Sundays only, a lot of people just go on Sundays. I don't go at all. Not because I don't love God, though. You know? Because he know my heart. He know who I am. He make me. So how, how am I going to try to prove to this one that I'm a Christian? I'm a Christian. But yet when somebody asks you, can I, can I get a little help here, right here? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy to help you because I have something to do right now. You know? Instead of saying, well, yeah, I do it. Even though you may have something to do right now, you may could, could call and tell them, hey, I, I'm helping someone out or something. You know, the world is too selfish, man. That's the whole deal, man. That's what it is.
I smile with that smile right there, and then I'll be satisfied. Okay. Okay. I never noticed that. Okay. I need smiles. Okay. I need okay. laughter. Tell me a joke. Go in. Post. Go in. Y'all know how to do that. <laughs> there we go. Okay, I got it. Hello, my name is Desiree J. Forte, and I am a social entrepreneur from East Oakland. Uh, my name is Calvin Joseph Forte. Um, I'm a musician and a student. Yes, uh, we're over here by the area where the lake uh, meets the children's play area and the ducks. Um, and we're out here to take our anniversary pictures. September the 5th is when we got married. Yeah. And, uh, you know, coming up on our fourth? Fourth year of fourth marriage. Year. Mm -hmm. Seventh year being together. And we're using a local photographer, Pata Ali, Pata PA's Love Club, to do our pictures. We usually come to the lake every now and then just to chill and, you know, look at the water. You know, the water's nice and still. And it's just always a top place to come for peace. Yeah, and also on the other side of the lake, we do a pop-up with our business, Damn Good Teas, and being able to reclaim space as local, long-time residents um, that are running functional like operations to inspire the community, uh, the lake is the meeting place for that. Growing up in Oakland, I used to come over here all the time when I was little, 
my mom would bring my brothers and I or our cousins and we'd come play over here. So like black presence has always been a part of the lake scene. It's unfortunate that with the gentrification and the income disparities in our community, folks are policing what brings the culture to Oakland. And so in a positive response to such negativity, uh, the black community came back out. And I know, I think this year we're facing more challenges in terms of permits and how you know folks on the other side of the lake feel but if we kept this as a cultural epicenter where everybody across the town could meet up to have their family time friend time business time and it's a good time then we'll be all right more importantly just Oakland as a whole um, a lot of people who were you know born here and stuff are being pushed out and the new people are coming coming out like you know they own the place and we're here just get used to it and I, I don't think that's quite the right attitude to have uh, <clears throat> is it definitely stirs up problems uh, but if we can get past that hurdle you know and them understanding that you know yeah we were here first and you know we we still have a little you know land to claim you know, everything will be cool. Everything will be, you know, everything will be cool. Right. Oakland has always been the town, and, and the town is slower than the city, faster than a suburb. But we have, like, this is a place where everybody can make it. And I know that folks are trying to claim up the flatlands because they feel like the property is cheap. But know that, like, all of these places have rich histories and just integrate into the town, be a nice neighbor. Um, that's how we build community in Oakland. Um, and otherwise, yeah, don't step on the locals, man. Um, being a youth entrepreneur who has come through many of the triumphs of growing up all across Oakland, I believe that young people who've invested their time in the public system are due uh, their access to resources and opportunity to stabilize themselves if they want to stay in this town. Um, our city council and our uh, county needs to be making efforts so that us young people under the age of 35 can keep our families here and be able to bring something good. With our tea, a new slogan we have is hydrating the East Bay from the heartland of East Oakland because we're in District 6 and being able to to bring a product that is tasty, that is grown from our local grounds, and is actually attractive to the millennial population and the youth population, it's something that Oakland hasn't seen in a long time. So why would we kick out? Like, why would we kick out something good that can change the the trajectory of some of our young people's lives? So, hope is important. Faith is more important too. Um, and acknowledgement. Mm -hmm.
Well, my name is James, uh, James Mahone. I'm a, yeah, I'm a musician. I, I've uh, been living in Oakland for about six years. I'm from down the coast in uh, Monterey Peninsula. Uh, I grew up there, but um, yeah, I always wanted to live up here. So uh, after uh, traveling around the world, 
I ended up here finally. So um, yeah, this is a great place to be. You know, I love it here, and I especially love coming to Lake Merritt to, you know, I come here to practice quite often. It's just a great mellow atmosphere, you know. Well, I usually come here because, uh, you know, for the trees, there's not a lot of people that, you know, picnic here. So I don't, you know, I don't want to bother people. So I kind of try to find a place that's, you know, not so crowded. People walk through here, but um, it's pretty, um, it's pretty peaceful and quiet. So I like that. I'm right on the bocce ball court now, kind of jump the fence. That's uh, right across from uh, Children's Fairyland. Um, you know, when you're indoors, your sound kind of is confined by the limits of the room, you know. Um, but when you have a chance to be outdoors, you, you, your sound just goes on for as, as long as it does. So it opens up, you hear other things. You hear, um, yeah, you hear differently than you do inside, you know. And yeah, it does. your sound does become a part of the, like, the overall, like, ambient noise that you experience in a park you know so you got the birds and you got people walking by and cars and and people coming by with a boom box or, or a car you know with the big system in it you know so that all becomes part of the um part of the fun of it you know you know it's like i i enjoy that and i enjoy um playing to the environment i guess you know if someone comes and sits by me i might i might serenade them a little bit you know I might you know play something that is a little more recognizable play a little softer when there are no people around I I tend to like get as loud as I as I want to you know um, and work my lungs out well right now I'm, I'm practicing I write I write music quite a bit so um, and I write on piano so I have to learn it on saxophone so I come to just mainly to practice the melodies and the chords you know so I mean yeah some of what you hear could be considered like maybe more than a, like a specific country maybe like uh, North African or um, maybe even some like um, Eastern European sounds like uh, flat ninths and flat fifths and, and a lot of um, kind of dissonance you know which is you know something I love in writing you know I, I write all my writing is dealing with you know that play between consonants and dissonance you know and the you know how two notes kind of play off of each other to create possibilities you know harmonic possibilities melodic possibilities so I'm just kind of working that stuff out you know on the horn so yeah what what you hear a lot is me playing through arpeggios just like broken chords you know so I'll outline a chord and there'll be a, like a, a group of chords in succession that I'm kind of outlining. So the arpeggios will kind of morph as I go along, you know. So a lot of it is just kind of Saxoner doodling, you know. I guess that's a good term for it. I'm not really here to like make melodies that people would necessarily recognize and want to hear. It's more, I'm here more for... Well, they call it being in the shed. I'm, I'm shedding, you know, just practicing, you know, yeah.
here with my family we were living in Tokyo we lived there for 12 years so uh, when we moved back um, we had absolutely no credit history you know in, in the States for a long time so it was very difficult to get get a place find a place to live you know and um, you know how hard it is even for people with you know a good credit score and a fat bank account it's uh, difficult to find a stable place here you know but, you know, we were persistent and we managed to find, uh, you know, an old, small, but uh, very cool place, you know, that we've been able to hold on to. And, um, yeah, as, as, as the years have progressed here, it's become, um, you, you see the, how the rent prices have gone, you know, super high. It's like... To even even to get like a one bedroom place would probably run you close to two thousand dollars, you know. And I have two kids and a wife, so um, we're we're thinking of you know we want more space, you know. But that right now it's like it's almost impossible to find anything like that here unless you have a really big chunk of money, you know. And I'm a musician. I'm a teacher. Uh, my wife's an artist, you know. So um, we're not high rollers by any any sense of the word. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, you know, that it's kind of reflects a trend that's been happening all over the all over the country. You know, I've I've lived in um, L.A. I lived there for about ten years. I went to school there. I lived in New York for about six years. In Brooklyn, I lived in um, Manhattan. I lived in all the all the you know like Silver Lake and Los Feliz in 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 um, L.A. All those places. So I, I always um, have gravitated toward areas where there's a, like a kind of a working class. When we came here to visit from uh, Tokyo, um, we the first place we went was to Berkeley, you know, and, and, and I showed her, my wife is Japanese, so she hadn't been here before. So I showed her around Berkeley, then I brought her to Oakland, and she was hooked as, as soon as we got here. So then that became our long range goal to get here to Oakland so yeah it's I mean it's been great and it's been a struggle but it's always been a struggle you know it's always been a struggle for an artist you know so it's like that's just part of the part of the challenge you know? so I'm I'm not I don't I don't gripe about it it's just like it's something that has been happening for a long time you know where where areas like this kind of become more and more corporatized and and people move in who don't necessarily want to become a part of the neighborhood but more just want a place in an area that is kind of hip or you know that that people are are talking about you know and i see that happening quite a bit i see a lot of um apartments that are empty for most of the year you know you get a you get like some some students to come stay for a weekend or a week but other than that they're empty you know, you see that quite a bit more and more now. And you're starting to see that more with houses, you know, not just like apartment, um, you know, rooms in an apartment. It's like whole houses that are just, I mean, actually around the place from my house, my, my apartment, 
Um, there's a big, like, you know, it's this big, beautiful greenhouse just, just off the street, you know. But it's empty, like, probably, like, three quarters of the year, you know. And I guess it's like a, like an Airbnb place, you know. It's like, but there are people living on the street, you know, living in the park, you know. Don't, they don't have a place to stay. Why not, why not give them a chance to, I don't know, even if it's a temporary place, you know, that they can just kind of get themselves together for a weekend, have a place to, you know, that has a clean shower and a kitchen. And I can't, you know, it's hard for me to talk because I take advantage of that. When I, when I went, I went to, back to Tokyo, I got an Airbnb place there. When, when me and my wife take the kids on, on a trip, we'll, we'll get an Airbnb because it's just, you know, you feel a little more, a little closer to the area you're in, you're in, you know, rather than being in some hotel, you know. So, I, yeah, I do the same thing. So I, I can't say I'm not guilty of it, you know. But um, I guess, you know, people of means, people that have um, more than they need, you know, I think that should, and I, you know, I'm not them. And, and I feel like I don't like telling people what they should do or how they should spend their money. But it seems like it would be a good idea for people to think about that. You know, if they have a chunk of money that they're going to, put in a place that they're just going to let sit, you know, why not make use of it, you know? Do you want somebody who, who's been living on the street, living in your place, you know? I know people would think, well, if they're on the street, then something might be um, very wrong with them, you know? Maybe they have some problems that um, they need to deal with before um, they can, you know, be in somebody's place, you know, responsibly, you know? But then that that's a whole other layer of it. Why why isn't there why aren't there more places where people who are on the street can get help, can get um, maybe some um, a little stipend that they can you know help them to get on their feet, you know, so they can get in a position where they can you know they might be able to take advantage of something like that, you know. When I was in New York, I saw that happening. Not so much in L.A. I, I was in L.A. like in the late 80s through the mid-90s. I never felt in, in jeopardy of not being able to find a place. In New York, I definitely went through that, you know. Um, I was, yeah, I was on the street for, for a while. And then, but luckily I had like a, a network of friends that helped me out. So I kind of lucked into a place, you know. But I was you know, kind of flying by the seat of my pants, you know. But I, even then, in New York, I didn't feel it like I do here. It's like palpable, you know, the way it's changing. It's changing really quickly. And, I'm, and of course, I'm talking like, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't consider myself a Oaklander, you know. I, I haven't been here long enough. I haven't really paid any, any dues, you know. So I, I still consider myself a visitor here, you know. So um, I, I, I'll only speak so much, you know, so far, you know, as to like how Oakland residents feel because, you know, you know, people live here 30 and 40 years, you know, second generation, third generation, you know, and they have a whole set of problems that I don't even know about, you know. We're still kind of moving to the place that we're eventually going to be, you know. I want it to be here, but... Um, I don't know how realistic that is. I don't know. I, if I sat around and thought about that all, all the time, I, I'd go crazy. So I, I, you know, I try not to think about it. And I try to think about the good things that are here, you know, and try to 
enjoy those and try to um, hold on to those things. You know, the things I can do is I can, you know, I can try to be a good neighbor. I try, you know, that's one thing I'm obsessed about. I, you know, when I walk down the street, I say hello to everybody in my neighborhood. They might not know me, might, might not know my name, but they, they see me and they might smile, they might nod. You know, and I'm sure a lot of people think I'm kind of strange, you know. There's one lady that lives across, across the hall. I, I would say hi to her for, it's been six years. And just like maybe a half a year ago, she started responding by say, saying hello, you know. This, it took a long time. I'd say, hello, how you doing? Can I help you with your, you know, she's moving like a piece of front. No, you know. But finally, she start, she's starting to say hello. She's starting to smile a little. She'll wave to me when she's driving off in her car. You know, it's, it's you know, you do stuff like that. There's a, a lady that lives up the hill. I give her a ride from the bus station when I see her. And she's, oh, yeah. You know, she'll talk about what's going on. She's been living there, you know. But that's, that's my way of kind of becoming a part of the neighborhood is like just by my persistent, annoying friendliness. <laughs>
You are listening to Here is a Where We Meet, a monthly sonic celebration of Lake Merritt here in Oakland. Right now you're hearing some crickets, a thicket of crickets that was recorded uh, um, in the channel between the bay and Lake Merritt. Prior to that, you heard from saxophonist and composer James Mahone. You heard from Desiree and Calvin Forte, who were celebrating their anniversary around the lake, being photographed by Pata Ali here in Oakland. And you first heard from musician and philosopher Roy Megan. Here is where we meet is recorded in stereo sound, so when you listen back to the archives at kgpc.org, please listen in a good pair of headphones or pair of speakers. You'll get the nice separated studio or stereo sound this concludes episode 8 thank you for listening and please check out all the other great programming on KGPC at the homepage kgpc969.org